you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. That's right, everybody. This is State of My Sports, and this is episode 123. We are once again ready to talk about three football games. It's a little different. We're recording on a Monday. We got Monday Night Football going on. It's almost halftime. We decided to kind of cram the, the college talk in right now, and we'll get into the Lions once once they uh, finish the game. But yeah, Lions are like uh, threatening right now. So if, if they they, if they score a touchdown right here, I'm it's, jumping in. It's just gonna, so you know, it's gonna get loud, and that, that's fine. That is fine. Um, but yeah, we got Sparty with a, a really. A big victory, a statement win for them, which is awesome to see. Uh, Michigan took care of business um, against a bad football team, but the way they did it, I think, is a little eye-opening. We'll go over some of the numbers that were exciting with that. Talk about the their really their their first big matchup, if you will. And here I am screwing up already on the live stream. It's okay. Uh, I think the I think the music is too loud too. It is a little bit, but it's all right. (laughs) It was last week too, and it sounded actually pretty good. but Michigan, just crazy numbers out there, but big, big week up coming up uh, with Rutgers. I think it's a, a good step in the right direction for test-wise. So here we are with with Michigan. And you get into the Big Ten season, good. You got Michigan State against Nebraska, which is not going to be as easy as we may have thought um, with how they looked against Oklahoma. We're going to get into all of this good stuff. Love it. Um, did he make the field goal or no? Uh, he missed the field goal, but it was uh, blown dead before that, so whistle. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. Give Cybert another chance. Uh, we're going to obviously grade our Michigan uh, beer uh, from Siciliano's Market, and we're going to do our Michigan, uh, or our, our picks of the week, betting hero picks of the week. Sorry, I'm distracted. <laughs> I'm distracted this week. It's okay. I'm not going to. That's my last time apologizing, apologizing for what's going on. I've, I've had a few already in the first half, too, so. You got, like, post post podcast sam at the very beginning of the podcast so it'll be it'll be really fun what is this music kid? it should be done very very soon okay. we got about 15 seconds this left still loud. it sounds loud to us i don't know if it sounds loud to listeners or not but yeah we'll, we'll find out later we'll get over it when we both listen uh, yeah exactly um but yeah i'm sam walter with me today we got ryan walter it's Hello. us two we're killing it we got we ryan's running the board i'm running the stream and like the the buttons and stuff like that. So it's and he not, made it. It's good. And he made it. So we got a lead at half. You gotta love that. Um, Let's go. But we're not ready to talk lions yet. We're gonna talk about that after the game. We're gonna actually pause the podcast and jump back into lions when it's time. So kind of creative idea this this week. It, Let it, us know what you think about it. Just it. lined up perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. It really did. But uh, really, I wanted to start off. And Ryan, people don't care what you did this weekend. People don't care what I did this weekend. I care, people though. care about sports. 
Oh, yeah. I guess I won't get into mountain biking. <laughs> you want to get into mountain biking? No, so no. I don't like, need to go get into mountain biking or going to Boyd Highlands or downhill or jumps. We talked about the injury. I can't believe you got back on a bike already. Yeah, I, was, I shouldn't have, but I a did. A week yeah. and a half after the injury. Yeah. Like you, you literally sneezed that thing off because it hurt so bad, the background. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last week. And now yeah. here you are on a bike again yesterday putting the podcast in jeopardy. I mean, I haven't sneezed in a while, but I probably feel <laughs> some pain right now still, <laughs> yeah. too. But how, did, how did it go, though? Was it Oh, right? it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll save you the, the, the details of mountain biking, actually, even though it was... I can't really describe it. It was just... Did your chain stay on the whole time? That's what I rented, I rented a bike. I oh, rented you, a bike oh, really? with full suspension, and I I am going to go buy one. So oh, gotcha. So it's a little yeah. bit of an upgrade from what you had. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I, I'll just say, skipping all those details, I went to Batoski Brewing Company after that, oh, which yeah. was awesome, and had a couple of their uh, New England. Well, I I had their Juicy, their which ju- is their yeah, Juicy it's IPA. Juicy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and then and then uh, their Blonde Ale, which is really good too. So yeah, did you eat there or no? Yeah, I got a burger and, and it was sweet, good? sweet potato fries, and, and seriously, it was awesome. I yeah. think breweries have very underrated food, like the the, yeah. the ones that go full scratch kitchen, like are ready to go and and are, and they not were just fast. like the yeah was yeah it? It, it was busy and they were fast and, and you're right they just had everything ready to go, um, really good food, great flavors, awesome people. Yeah, I'd go back. Yeah, before we get into the episode, I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors uh, that help get, keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The uh, Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. Siciliano's Market helps us pick out our the best craft beer in West Michigan or in Michigan. Oh my gosh, I'm really struggling today. It's all right. Uh, Mac Web Design helped us keep our website up and running. Or get our oh man, this is really bad, right? You're gonna have to do all of the reading. Yeah, let me know, man. Um, and then Betting Hero helps us and you get the best promo- promos available for the sports betting world. I'm Sam Waldart, Ryan Waldart. Man, this is this is my sheet. That's why I did that again. Yeah, I, I apologize. But <laughs> one thing. So before we get into our teams, college and and what Michigan and Michigan State did, um, there was some. Interesting games this weekend in in the college football. Not really any big upsets, but you had uh, Alabama. They were, I mean, in my my opinion, it would be more exposed by Florida. But obviously, in the SEC world, everybody's going to say, "Well, it's the SEC, and that's how good Florida is, and all that good stuff." Well, I mean, we'll see how that comes in. Um, Cincinnati was actually in a, a pretty tough game with uh, Big Ten's Alabama, or Indiana. Which was, I mean, what was, I think Cincinnati was, what, ranked 7th or something? Yeah, 7th seven or 8th eight or something, yeah. The Indiana unranked, yeah. Um, Indiana scored 15, they outscored them 15 to nothing in the fourth quarter to win that game, uh, 38 to 24. So it, the score kind of sounds like a somewhat of a, a blowout, but man, that game was, was tight. What, what do you think of all of these tight games? That you're seeing in the college football, it's, I, it's I think different. It's, right? I think it's the changing of the guard. You, we're no, we no longer have the the talents that everybody's been watching to go to the NFL for so many years. Like Trevor Lawrence is no longer in college football, so Clemson is not just a guarantee. Yeah. Did you see the Clemson game too? I mean, it was yeah, crazy. So they the didn't Clemson score. won fourteen eight against Georgia Tech. They and just it took did a not goal score. Line to win that game. Yeah. Yeah, they easily could have lost that game. You don't have the guarantee of him playing well. You don't have the guarantee of Justin Fields playing well, even though uh, I don't even remember the Ohio State quarterback's name, but he's he yeah, is kind of crushing it. But uh, he's at least putting up big numbers. But you're right. I mean, you're seeing these big college programs getting the ones at the top, the Oklahomas and and some of the others. Like they're not blowing teams out like you would expect early on in the year. Yeah, Oklahoma was in a game against Nebraska. They were. I know. And, and really, what you're seeing most are the Michigans, Michigan States, and some of the like even Penn State, I guess, and stepping up. 
and you you really feel like maybe the top of the top there's not a huge gap between them and and then the, the best of the rest. Yeah, I'm wondering why that is because talent wise that shouldn't be the case. I wonder if the COVID year has has something to do with it, like not developing the guys that are going to be important the the following year. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of stuff comes into play. I'm sure you had a lot of sit outs. I, I guess I don't know that off the top of my head who all sat out and stuff like that. But it's just like I don't know. It's it's different because I mean, obviously you have Alabama and yeah they were in a somewhat of a tough game with, with Florida and that happens with Alabama at least every year. But like when you see Clemson and Oklahoma struggling. Ohio State. Um, Ohio State. I mean, they, they they snuck through, what was it, Tulane? Is that who they played? No, that, that doesn't no, sound No, that right. was Oklahoma against Tulane week one. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry, they played uh, Tulsa. Right? Another T, yeah, T yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, it was, so that game ended. So it was a 21-point win, but it was like a pick six late. That kind of changed the the feel of it. I mean, it's just like you don't have the the top – four nailed down week three like you usually do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, just yeah. we don't know what the playoff everybody. is going to be yeah it's not it, it's, it's wide open at this point other than alabama right because exactly. alabama could probably lose two games and still make it in at this I, point i think it's a good spot you know like we the teams that we're rooting for have a legit chance as long as they keep clicking some wins off yeah i, I think you're exactly right it is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicily Annals Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicily Annals Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. So here we are, Ryan, just me and you. What we decided to do is pick out the best sour in the fridge. Or not, I shouldn't say the best. The most intriguing sour yeah. in the fridge which is what? Yeah, this is chocolate dip is the name of the beer. So from dip, not drip? Dip, yeah. Okay, Choc- I wanted to say drip in my head. Chocolate dip why, but- from Arvon Brewing Company. Um, yeah, talk about unique. Like, I yeah. literally took a drink of this thing, and I and I told you I felt like I was chewing it. Like, this is this is a smoothie. What all is in this? Um, oh, man, I don't even know. So you turn you on the see. side there. Well, I don't know. It, it, oh, here we go. It says kettle sour with raspberries, chocolate, and lactose. So it's really, really, really? basic. There's nothing to it. I would have thought there were a lot more uh, fruity flavors in that. Yeah, but no. But it's the just raspberry is. With the chocolate. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? Add add something else? You don't need to. It's, Honestly, it's that good. this is one of the better sours. I, I First couple sips, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah I'll, I would drink this all day, every day. It is unbelievable. What, what's the percentage of this one? Um, I'm guessing either like seven or eight or something. Oh, I'm not really sure. Actually, you know what? This is a li- like five or six. This is a lighter one. This is five point zero. Yeah. Wow. Nice. I mean, we we don't have to get into the the Arvon sours. We all know how how great those things are. Um, but man, this is going to be that. That's a very very tasty beer. We'll see how how those go down throughout the episode. Uh, but we did want to get into the main topic 
of episode 22. I want to remind everyone of that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beers in West Michigan. The revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Keep an eye out for their new trailer at festivals and events that will help spread the word of their great beer and food. Um, the Hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2021. And if you mention State of My Sports, you'll get a nice little discount off of your first beer. Um, but really, the, there's nothing. the main topic of this episode, I think d- the Spartans deserve the main topic for what they did. So they went out, um, beat uh, the 24th-ranked Miami Hurricanes, uh, 38 to 17, outscoring them 21 to three in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Spartans' balanced offense and four takeaways was an eye-opening against their was eye-opening against their, you know, most talented opponent that they have faced this year. Thorne went 18 of 31 for 261 yards and four passing touchdowns. Two to Naylor, who finished with four catches and 82 yards. One to Reed and another to Kenneth Walker. On the ground, Walker had 172 yards on 27 rushes for a 6.4 average and a touchdown through the air, like we already mentioned. The cornerback, Ronald Williams, had three tackles, one interception, one fumble recovery. Quarvis uh, Crouch, Quavarius Couch, Crouch, yeah. that's a really tough name to <laughs> yeah. say, uh, had a fumble recovery. And safety, Angelo Gross, also had an interception, which contributed to the four to nothing in takeaways for MSU and played a huge role in in the impressive 21 point victory as a 7 point road dog. Uh I mean the, I don't want to get into the players. I think for me I, I actually was able to watch this game. Michigan was in a, in a complete blowout which rightfully so. Um and I was able to put this game on and actually, you know, digest it live. Usually I kind of try to touch on highlights and, and all that good stuff and, and watch the game in fast motion, but sitting down and actually watching this game in each and every play, I thought there was a couple really key turning points in this game. When Michigan State was up 17-14, to 14, uh, I think it was the second play of the fourth quarter, uh, Beasley went in, beat his man, smoked King to force the fumble, and Panasic recovered it. Yep. And that was a major turning point. I mean, you're up three. The team, the other team has the ball, and and you need a playmaker, and they absolutely made plays. Two two key playmakers on this defense went and made a play. The sack happened, created the fumble, and then Panasuk, who obviously everybody knows, um, went out and made it. Um, they set him up for a short field. Thorn threw threw a touchdown on on third and seven um, from Miami's ten yard line. So that was another key play um, to to kind of cap that off. It wasn't necessarily just you know get the three points, a free three points. It was. Go out there and make it a two-possession game. Yeah, take Thorne advantage of the situation. That, absolutely that, did it. Yeah. A great play calling as well throughout that. Uh, another key point, and I, this is kind of the way I want to start. Ryan, you can jump in anytime you want, but another key point that I saw was 24-17 in the fourth. Uh, or Sorry, Michigan, had, or Michigan State had a fourth and one on Miami's 40-yard line. Mel Tucker, he wasn't afraid. He, he went down, and I think Thorne actually ran the ball, got that first down. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't afraid, and I feel like that that play right there, going for it on fourth and one, it was. I'm not afraid to lose this game. I want to go out and win this game. That is very rare in the college football world because people don't like how you do it. I mean, it does matter, but at the same time, it's like a lot of people, a lot of coaches on the road in that situation would be like, 
we just want to win. We're going to play it safe, keep it, you know, get the points where we can and all that kind of stuff or whatever it was going to be, pin him back. He was like, no, nah, we're going to go for it. We're, we've practiced these plays. We've gone for it. We know what we can do. I mean, that brings you back Got to, to that brings you back to week one against Northwestern. We talked about we that did, yeah. exactly with this coaching staff and the, the tone that they were setting, going for these, being the aggressive type, you know, and yeah. they're they're not just sitting back and trying to win the game uh, because of some random fluke plays. No, they're playing to win the game, and that is so important for this team. That again, it's coming off of. Let's not forget how bad they were last year with their quarterbacks and all the transfers that you know are. are gone from this team they have established a new tone to this team and they knew that this was their year because they brought in so many transfers uh that was very important for them to to set the tone early establish what they what they expected but this also tells me that they they trust their he trusts his quarterback completely peyton thorne is his guy he's been playing so well composed smooth uh, making the right plays, make you know, dropping it down when he needs to, throwing it away when he needs to, yeah. and he knows that if he puts the ball in his hands, he's not going to go lose the game for this team, and, and most likely he's going to do the right thing and, and win the game for the team. What is he at? Like nine nine touchdowns to zero interceptions? Yeah, I mean he's it's taking insane. Care, taking yeah. care of the football, he's running the ball when he needs to. He he's so composed. It is great, great to see. Well, and Kenneth Walker, you know, had. 172 yards on the ground. 172. That's that a lot of yards. He dominated, <laughs> and again against Miami. This is a top 25 team still this week. I know they haven't looked great. They were they were a, what I think ranked 14 to begin the I year. Think you're right. Yeah. They they lost a tough one and and yeah, well, they got blown out against Alabama. But no, no, um, I forget who they played last week. And and they were still ranked 24th. So let's not say that this team does not have talent. Look, Miami has talented players. They have big recruits they have they have top level talent talent and this is, is the where key. the coaching made such a big difference because their players shined and they, they really dominated this game i know the score could have been a little closer but i will say they dominated this game because they made all the players the plays they should have and they did not mess up any of those the cool part about that so they went for it on fourth and one peyton foreign ran got the first down very next play what they do threw it deep yep right 39 yard touchdown who, who was that one to that was to was that to Naylor? I think that was Naylor again. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that was just that, – j- that's a coaching decision, but the players did execute. I don't want to, like, pull this away from the players because the, what they've done is absolutely insane. But, like, this is the difference between a good football coach and a bad football coach. And I'm not comparing them to anybody else. I'm just saying you have a good football coach here at Michigan State. It's solid, yeah. And, and it's not just Mel Tucker. It's who Mel Tucker put in charge below him of each individual uh, position group and everything in between. You know what I mean? He His coordinators, all of that good stuff. And you remember how, how I was saying that we would be done at halftime? Yeah. And, and we're, we're Man, that went off. fast. That it? went really fast. They're kicking that was off, the, kicking that was off the right fastest now. halftime I've ever seen in my, my entire life. <laughs> Do we want to just – let's finish Michigan State and then I maybe wanna, pause it there? I want to talk about Peyton Thorne just a little bit. I think – so I'm not going to act like he was so perfect this game. Yeah, he had four touchdowns. He had zero interceptions. Early on in this game – I just want to bring attention to it because what did we talk about is his biggest weakness when I, when I, when we were going through the season preview and I was I was impressed with his athleticism I was impressed with his arm action and how you know like how smooth his delivery is his ability to see the field and scan the field right and left and throw it deep and throw it short and all this stuff he does all that really well and I'm very impressed with him but his biggest weakness is 
sometimes he holds onto the ball. He does not make the quick decision. He holds onto the ball, and that pressure can get to him. And we saw early on in the game, the whole first half, Miami got to him. Miami sacked him a few times. They were they were causing a lot of pressure. And when he tried to scramble, there were two or three of them. You can't get away from all of them. So I think there there was a little bit of a of a playbook for for the next teams okay. to say the key to Peyton Thorne is to cause pressure, get to him early. Now, with all that said, Peyton Thorne responded and he he is so calm, cool, and collected. And and it takes one play for that kid to just step out, feel comfortable at all times, and make the right throw. He looks like he doesn't care. He does. And I think that's a really good thing as a quarterback. Um but he actually doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you can look at Aaron Rodgers, and he likes to pretend that he doesn't care, but he actually cares. Well, you like, hate him. You hate him. I hate him. <laughs> but, like, like that, I feel like he's a fake not-care guy. You know what I mean? And, but, like, yeah. you look at this guy, or, uh, sorry, Peyton Thorne, he's just like, hey, trust me. I he, he feels the most confident I've ever seen somebody after three games that was supposedly in – the midst of a, a job, you know, fight. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, competition like, at the quarterback. With Russo and all that stuff, yep. like, he, he looks more confident than Cade in, in a lot of ways. And I don't want to make this a Michigan State, Michigan, Michigan State thing, but, like, that dude, he he's the leader of this offense. Kenneth Walker is obviously the playmaker, and he's got playmakers around him, but, like, he's leading it. He's the one leading the charge. Um, and I think I think that's a really good thing. Uh, defensively, Michigan State held Miami to just 52 yards rushing on 24 attempts, 2.2 average. That's eye-opening to me. Again, against a, a Power 5 team, a big, big brand in this country that is getting recruits that you should not be able to manhandle up front, um, offensively or defensively, and they did. They beat these te- this team in the trenches. And I don't want to get into how good or how bad Miami is, but – how talented and the type of players that they're bringing in, and you just beat them at their own game yeah. in a game that they should be able to just man up and beat you. Uh, you did it. It was in Miami. Let's not forget that. That's a great. That's point. a huge deal. That means again, this team is calm, cool, collected. They they came ready to play and they were disciplined. That that speaks to coaching. That speaks to key people, personnel like Peyton Thorne. You know, like a. Uh, I don't know uh, Xavier Henderson on yeah. defense. Like those guys are playmakers. They're ready to go. And yeah, but let's go sack. Who got that one? Who was that? Oh, Brockers. Brockers finally, baby. he's a he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was on the team still. It causes a long third down. <laughs> um, but anyways, I mean, not only like was the 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 playmaking like obviously the four turnovers is awesome compared to the zero, but um. You know, they. I feel like the the scheme that Michigan State put in front of them. They were like they let uh, King kind of make his plays, make the throws, but they made sure he didn't beat him on the ground, and they made sure that they didn't beat him with the big plays and their talent. You know what I mean? And Michigan State executed that to a T. It was absolutely perfect. They were disciplined. Um, they yeah, like just like you said. Um, uh, Mel Tucker went out and he said we were prepared to go uh, into the fifteenth round if necessary. Um, They've they've trained in a manner uh, that will allow us to do that the and allow us to have confidence in tight tight ball games. Man, this is awful. We wanted to drag them into the deep water where we live with the strain and struggle and pressure, the weight room, the discipline, the attention to detail, all of those things. That's what we wanted to do, and I'm telling they did that 
so perfectly. I didn't listen to anything you just said. That's fine. What happened? What uh, happened on that they, big third they down? They converted the third down. Aaron Rodgers threw just a dime to Devontae Adams. Against two. Dropped it in. Who's it 50 against? yards? Who's it against, though? Oh, my gosh. Infantu? It was against was it Iffy. Iffy? Yeah. 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 And I think he went down. Uh, the players believed in the plan. They believed in the process. We were able to get it done today on the road. And I think that that's such a big part of what, what we saw here is they just went out and dominated a Power 5 team on the road, on their soil, in their environment, in their heat. You know what I mean? Like I remember people talking about how the heat could be a, a big issue for, for Michigan State. Man, I'm I'm completely bought into this team. I don't know what what that means exactly. I don't. I'm not saying they're going to go beat Penn State or Ohio State or whatever it is, but they are right there. They are a very good team, and I don't know. Some, what do you think about them, Ryan? I, I think they just match up. I think they match up really well against. I think any team they play this year, they're not going to be overwhelmed. They're not going to be completely destroyed, you know, by any one uh, facet of the game. They they match up. Their quarterback is going to compete and be equal to the opposing team's quarterback. Their running game is going to be equal to the other team's running game. Their defense, they're, they have enough playmakers on defense to get it done and to cause pressure when they need to. Yeah, some games might slip away for them. I'm expecting them to lose some games. I'm not yeah. saying that they're this, you know, the Big Ten champs guaranteed. But when they go up against Ohio State, Ohio State's got their hands full. With yeah. this with this Spartan team. When Michigan plays, this is gonna be a freaking good game, man. Man, Michigan Michigan State game is looking more and more intriguing. Like those guys that is going to be a punch for punch. I, like, I know and I just think, going, that is going to be a hockey fight. I think you know what I, mean? I just I look at the weapons that Michigan State has and I say their biggest hole is tight end. And that's not saying that much because their wide receivers are so good. Jalen Naylor really is a playmaker. He's the playmaker we thought he was two years ago, and he just got hurt two years in a row. Jaden Reed is, I, I think he is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the Big Ten. He is a star in the making. I really believe that. Yeah. I think Peyton Thorne is a stud quarterback who I don't know if he's going to win Big you know, Ten quarterback of the year or anything, but he's always he going to be up there. He's a top third Big Ten echelon quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and and on defense, again, they have enough playmakers. So. I, I just think they're solid. They're rock solid, yep. and they're going to be ready to go. They're well-coached, rock-solid playmakers. Um, they have a lot of confidence going right now. They're dangerous. They do. Very dangerous. I mean, wh- I don't know. It, I'm very excited to see what this team can do. I'm curious if this game against Nebraska could be somewhat of a trap game. And, and a trap game is, is probably the wrong word because it should be a, a good game. But, like, I think you go back a couple weeks, people are talking about how – uh, Nebraska's not looking good and they're bad and stuff. And then Michigan State's looking great. It's like, man, it should be a blow. But then what Nebraska did? I is is are there any keys to this game that kind of stand out to you, or is it the the nitty gritty, get the running game going, and let everything else kind of fall into place? I think you stop the run for the for the Spartans. They need to stop the run, and then this game is in control. I, I Nebraska has a pretty good defense, but they're not going to stop Michigan State all game long. I think their running game and passing game has the the potential to to beat Nebraska when whenever they want to, or at least here and there. You know, so they're going to put points on the board. And if Nebraska cannot run the game or run the ball, then this game is over. I, I expect Michigan State to handle the game. Maybe not a blowout, but they're going to handle the game. Um, by stopping the run. 
I, I expect them to do that. So that that is my thought process with this. And I also want to just say, like, after this Nebraska game, which it's not walk in the park, but then you're you're going against Western Kentucky next, and then Rutgers after that, then an Indiana team that looks, yeah, you know, here and there and leading into Michigan. So they really could be a team that turns from surprise to Big Ten champion hopeful. You know, like the, at this point – if they start taking care of games like Nebraska after this week, I really do think of them as Big Ten championship contenders. Yeah, because they're one game away from sneaking into something like that. Yes. Um, so we uh, Michigan State he's sitting here at 3-0, has things rolling. The team already has more wins in 2021-3 than it did in two- 2020. Uh, Tucker has three wins over ranked opponents in 10 games in, at Michigan State. After getting the fourth most votes among others receiving votes, the AP Top 25 came out and had Michigan State jumped up to 20th. We did put a poll out on our, on our Instagram page um, for the people that saw it, and we asked, "Where do you guys think Michigan should be ranked, or Michigan State should be ranked?" And people kind so the average kind of came out at 20.5. So I would say our, our listeners kind of have a good pulse of, of what that is and and what Michigan State is. I mean, the sky's the limit with this, with this team. I think I think they're a couple wins away from really jumping in these polls and and seeing what they can do. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. So Michigan had a little different. Of a game, I mean, it was it wasn't necessarily a big game against uh, whoever the Northern Illinois, um, but like expected, the Wolverines ran all over them uh, on their way winning to winning sixty three to ten behind a rushing attack that saw eleven different players getting credit with a rush to a total of three hundred and seventy three yards, two hundred and thirty three passing yards for six hundred six total yards. Uh, Corum one hundred twenty five yards on thirteen carries and three touchdowns. Donovan Edwards. Uh, was second, 86 yards on eight carries, and his first two touchdowns as a Wolverine. Haskins had uh, 56 yards on nine carries and two touchdowns as well. Michigan tied a school record with eight touchdowns on the ground, while Cade had an efficient day through the air, going eight of 11, <laughs> eight of 11 for 191 yards and a touchdown. I yeah. <laughs> I don't think we need to like really talk about the defense. That, like yeah. before we get into the other like. Yeah, the defense looked good, but it was against Northern Illinois, so they freaking better look good. I think it's worth right? just saying that they look fast. Like <laughs> we we said it before, like they look fast, they look motivated, they they look pretty strong. Like this is a pretty good defense. They did their job. They, they made and the my favorite part of this whole thing is that they just played Rocky Lombardi <laughs> again, right? Yeah. And and last year he torched the Michigan defense, and this year it was it was their little revenge tour. So yeah, good for them. Uh, Jamon Green had an interception. Uh, I remember hearing Michigan played eighty six different players. I remember hearing that during the game. Mike actually texted me later on. He said he thought he heard of a hundred. Um, oh my gosh! I I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but my question for the listeners basically here, or, or viewers, is is Rutgers really the first true test for Michigan? Because I kind of feel like that's where we're at. It's not... No, Washington. Washington was a true test, but, I mean, Big Ten, this this one, it feels like a mix of a trap and a test. Is that is that a fair way to look at this this Rutgers game? 
And I don't know. I just kind of like talked about the the game, and then we moved on to the upcoming game. But I do want to talk a little bit. About, but I mean, Rutgers in general. I I would not consider this a trap game. I think if Michigan does not come to play, then it's almost like the same issues that we've been running into in the last few years. And I just don't. I don't. I they they need to move past that. So this cannot be a trap game. I don't. I'm not going to buy into this being a trap game. I, I know Rutgers has turned it around. And they're looking. Like a different kind of team, not that they're any good, but you know they're they're more you know well coached compared to previous years too. Last year's Michigan Michigan State game, yes, like Rutgers against Michigan, Rutgers against Michigan State, yeah, that's a trappish game, yes, or a even evenly played game. This year doesn't feel like it. It should not be a trap game. I think we beat them in every single uh, aspect of the game, and they this should not be. This should not be close. I, I want Michigan to take care of business. I want Blake Corum to get even further on the radar to being on the Heisman watch. And yep. I, I, I want just the confidence to grow from this game. I don't want any question marks coming out of this game against Rutgers. No, I, I completely agree. But I do want to talk a little bit about this game. And not, like, dig deep into it. There's really not a whole lot of point. There's no point to really dig into it. Other than, like, the kind well, of the gaudy points. numbers. The gaudy numbers, I think, were, were yeah. impressive. Yeah. It's the opponent that we faced. I don't want to dig too much into that. Um, but, like, I mean, <laughs> what did they get? What, what was the rushing yards? 373 rushing yards. It's impressive. Against no matter who you're going against, that, that's impressive. passing. It's 600 of, off- total offense yards, it's a lot of yards. Is, is very important. I think can't take a whole I, lot. I just loved seeing the, the dynamic of, you know, Hassan Haskins being the third leading rusher on the team, averaging six point two and getting fifty six yards on nine carries, like yeah, and the fact that Donovan Edwards eighty six yards, eighty six yards on eight carries for the best average on the team, ten point eight with a fifty eight yard touchdown run, Dude. just I loved that run. Like the he way is sneaky important to this team. If you see, you see the way he moves his feet and his legs through, you know, to contact like that when he gets his high knees going. Yeah, that is that I I agree with you. Sneaky good because when the time comes when Michigan's going to need this guy, he's going to be ready. He's he's sitting, he's waiting in the wings, and he is a talented enough runner, physically imposing. Uh, he'll be ready for the for the challenge. Yeah, I mean, what what else stood out to you in this game? Obviously, you can't dig into it because of who they were playing, but you can sit and watch. For me, it was the confidence level that this team, and it's not just what what they did against Northern Illinois. It's the way that this this offensive line and running game and protection as well is kind of meshing together. And the confidence that they're gaining, I think, is what's really important because you were going against this type of caliber team over the last couple of years, and it wasn't as pretty as this. And you are dominating on the ground. Look, I'm not going to say that this means anything long term. Big Ten. I got to see it in the Big Ten for it to be truly impressive. But we weren't seeing it against these type of teams. We exactly. weren't seeing it against other teams like that we played in the year. In the, that's where it, there's a difference this year to previous years. Will it translate? Time will tell. I'm not going to tell you it will. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to tell you it will. I think what we can say is Blake Horam is legit. Blake Horam yeah. is a, a massive play waiting to happen. He He's electric. And that's not something that we're accustomed to with the recent Michigan offense. It's not really since, I, I mean, who who could you go back to? Maybe maybe one of the quarterbacks, you know, like 
Uh, uh, can you help me out here? The shoelace. Yeah, shoelace. Yeah, yeah. Robinson. Name. Yeah, Denard Robinson. Like that's honestly when we can go back to, and then maybe like, I mean, even Mike Hart and some of those other running backs. You did not have the explosive ability and the finishing ability in yep. open field that Blake Blake Corum has, and that's exciting. That's something it to is. be excited about. And then and then the other guys, Hassan Haskins, Donovan Edwards, and, and I'm not going to take anything with ha- away from Haskins. I th- I still think he's le- he's awesome. I, I he's feel exactly like what this he team is needs. the he is the person that people don't want to succeed at this point. I agree. You know and what I mean? Why? And I, I feel the same way though. Like I feel like I'm kind of in that boat. Because I love what Corum's doing. I'm like, hey, keep feeding this guy. Like he's my he's my guy in my head. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'd rather Edwards get the secondary carries. And and that's very unfair to Haskins because and, and I know that. I know that I shouldn't be saying that. I know I shouldn't be feeling that. And it if I'm feeling it, I'm sure eighty three percent of the Michigan fans are kind of feeling you know, the same he's, way. He to me, he is the guy that earned this job from Zach Charbonnet when he completely outshined him when he was not supposed to be the guy. Uh, from Chris Evans, who went through all the stuff that he went through, and then and yeah. but you know what, he still earned these carries, and every time he touches the ball, good things happen. And it might not be fifty six yards, but he he is the master of the five to eleven yard run exactly when Michigan needs it, and he always has been. The last two years, when this offense was not good, he was the the shining star. Like he he just was, and I I'm I'm proud of this guy, and I I like the ball in his hands. To me, the biggest thing in general with the offense. Cade McNamara, J.J. McCarthy, I just feel like they are making good plays. And when J.J.'s out there, I thought he had more touch on the ball this time around. And I thought he – Sorry, he, J.J. or Cade? J.J. I yeah. thought J.J. had more touch on the ball this time around. He threw the ball with a little bit more – less zip, I guess, less of a line drive and more playing quarterback. For those seven, eight-yard throws rather yeah, than yeah. the you – know, and, and I also think that what we're starting to see out of Cade is – the long play yeah. accuracy, so, the so deep he throw had, accuracy. He had one that he missed badly, but then they went back to the same type of play, yep. and who did he hit? Was it Cornelius was it, Johnson. Was it Cornelius Johnson? Yep. Okay, I was going to say Sanderson, but I knew it wasn't right, but it was Cornelius Johnson for that big touchdown pass, which, look, good to see. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't change my feelings on, on Michigan. I, I got to see it, it like passing-wise. Passing I got to see it. Look, to, I don't want to overlook Rutgers. I, I really don't. But at the same time, if and when Michigan goes out and, and proves it against Rutgers, people are going to say, okay, we'll do it against Wisconsin. So right here, right now, I'm going to say, do it against Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's probably unfair to Rutgers. It's probably unfair to Michigan to already be looking to the next game. But as a Michigan fan, I feel like that's what I have to do. Yeah. And I feel like outside Michigan fans are going to say the same thing. So let's just all gather together, say kubaya, and say, we're not going to know anything about Michigan until we see them against Wisconsin. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I think the passing game has something good going. They're starting to get some roles. I think Cornelius Johnson, this was a big game for him to establish something on the outside. He He's a, he's a really good weapon. I'm not going to say he's dominant or anything, but he – has the the NFL type wide receiver body on the outside, the long, athletic. He's he's actually fast, man. His legs just move. Yeah. Um, he he's a weapon. AJ Henning seems to be their little dynamic spark plug. That what we thought Sanders still would be, okay. or what Giles Jackson was last year. I'm seeing that more out of AJ Henning than any one of these wide receivers up until this point. He maybe taking that role a little bit uh, heavier because of the the injury, you know, 
Um, and and then I I don't think we have seen Eric All get into this offense like he will. I think his role is going to expand more and more, especially with the running game threat. That is going to be his key yeah. with the play action pass to get him over the middle and, and I think I think he'll be key in the Wisconsin's Penn State in in Ohio State games. Exactly. Because I agree. You have athletes on the outside that can shut your wide receivers down, right? So you have to have that secondary option if all can be anything, those are the games that he needs to be something. Cuz otherwise, I mean, you're going athlete against athlete everywhere else on the field if you have a mismatch. That's that's the key, and I, I want to see that guy develop. And over the he's middle of the field, yeah. Well, and and, it, and a lot of it comes down to the quarterback. So I want him to become the safety net for this quarterback, and not to say Get that we shouldn't. The, yeah. yeah, not to say that we shouldn't throw down the field to Cornelius Johnson. But if you're if AJ Henning is going to be your your spark plug and Roman Wilson, those two guys are more of like their smaller, fast, dynamic guys. Speed and space, maybe you know, like that's the 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 theme for those kind of receivers. Then take advantage of the mismatches when you have them. And Eric All is that he could be long, athletic. You know, like when they were recruiting him as a as a freshman, even they were saying that he could be the best tight end in Michigan history. It was obviously way too early to say that, but that's the kind of you know difference maker or special ability that he could possibly have. I, I sure hope so. I, th- I think that'll be very important as the season goes on. A um, couple things I want to bring up. So this is kind of the Michigan topic, but I think we can kind of bring state into the mix here. I don't want to make it a Michigan versus Michigan state thing. We have a game coming up late August or October that will take care of that for us. We have plenty of episodes to kind of get into that. Um, but I did find something in- interesting. Um, Michigan and Michigan state have three total players ranked number one at their position in the country right now, according to pro football focus, number one. Which is a pretty big deal. Like, I, I don't want to... Obviously, Pro Football Focus has their, their goofy stuff that people can't comprehend. Okay. But when you have ranked number one in their current position, that's that's impressive. So what I want to do is put you kind of on the spot. Oh, here. sweet. Okay. You ready? I love it, yeah. All right. So, three players. Two could be to Michigan. Two could be to Michigan State. One could be Michigan. You know how it works. But there are three total players okay. for Michigan, Michigan State that are ranked number one at their position according to Pro Football Focus. Where would you start, and how do you think? Like, where where would you go with this? I'm I'm gonna go Jaden Reed, Michigan Jayden State. Jaden Reed. All right, that is wrong. Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. All right. So I'm gonna give you a hint. Okay. Wait. Hold on. You oh, want a hint or yeah, no? Just go, go ahead. All right. One of them is a running back. That is, that's so hard. <laughs> that, that's a very secret secret hint, right? Yeah, like, that's so It's a hint, but it doesn't do anything. Because that could be Blake Corum. <laughs> or Kenneth Walker. That could be Kenneth Walker. Um, man, that, I'm, I, I'm Who would you give the nod to, personally? And this is pro football focus. Pro football so obviously focus. goofy stats and a lot of underwriting stuff that we don't see. I want to give it to Blake Corum because of how, in my mind, just the way he's thrown people off with his eyes and, and his vision, he's been he's been number one. I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker. <laughs> he should have stuck with your gut. Oh, it's Corum. So Corum, according to pro football focus, is the number one running back in the nation. All right. So now we okay. got two guys on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, both defense? Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson is an obvious choice here. 
Yep, um, that, that's correct. Okay. Yep, right. You got that one right. Okay. Um, so Michigan has Corum and Hutchison. Okay, Hutchinson. so Aiden Hutchison is number one on for number defensive one, ends. Yep, for defensive ends. Um, so now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, it's a Michigan State defensive player. Well, Xavier Henderson's first to come to mind, and well, that's him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, right. you got. It. I didn't want to like talk. I didn't want right, to let sorry, yourself no. talk yourself out of it. <laughs> no, but I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. In the fact that you have two two really offenses that are. Very, very impressive. Two defenses that are kind of going under the radar good. And you have guys, a DE with Aiden Hutchinson and a safety, Xavier Henry. Xavier, is he playing more corner? Yeah, cornerback. He's he's really like an ex-defender. He's playing over the middle, guarding their best players. But, yeah, cornerback. All right. So the next thing I want to do quick is give you a who would you rather have right here, right now, for a couple positions. Michigan versus Michigan State. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So I we're gonna start this. with who would you rather have right here, right now, Peyton Thorne or Cade McNamara? Peyton Thorne. I agree. No question about it. His poise in the pocket, I think he's got more tools in his tool bag and his mindset, you can just see it on the field. He's got so much confidence and I I don't think it's gonna take a lot to slow him down. I'm looking at him versus Jared Goff, I think I'd pay I'd take Peyton Thorne. <laughs> here we go. Jared Goff, I mean he's what he has. Twenty five yard run in. Thirty five, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'll take it. Garbage time. That's where he gets his stats. Yeah, baby. People said stat pad for, for so long. I'm like, oh, I, know. I think Goff more fits that mold. Stat was soon. actually legit. Um, no, I, I agree with you. For right here right now, what we've seen, what we've been shown, Peyton Thorne is hands down the better guy. I mean, time will tell. It's still early. I think I, there's, no, there's no reason why I should hate on Caden McNamara. He hasn't done anything wrong necessarily it's just more or less what we've seen his ceiling seems higher and that's where i, w- I would kind of go with you there um msu's running back room or michigan's running back room i mean you got kenneth walker and you got quorum and, and honestly we could go kenneth walker quorum if you want to do you want to go head to head between those two well, or, or is kenneth it more walker, of a depth thing like, well and I, kenneth walker has jordan simmons and simmons is a spark plug he, too, man. Yeah. He's good. Um, I will go Michigan here. I, yeah. I think Michigan has the better running back room, and that is that is not that is not taking anything away yeah. from Kenneth Walker or even Jordan Simmons. Um, I or or even uh, who's who's the old uh, running back that Collins? Just, no, that's hurt. No, the the big dude. He's like fullback, and he's just he honestly looks massive. Yeah, I'm not sure. Honestly. All right, well, he's like a fifth year guy, and any any you just throw a pick. Any Spartan? Yeah, he threw a pick. Any Spartan would like kill me for not knowing who he is because he's kind of like, oh Hayward Hayward okay. Connor Hayward Connor Hayward yeah All for right. Michigan State um they have they have a great group of running backs they really do they're solid I just think with Blake Corum is such a dynamic guy like we've talked about I think Hassan Haskins is he is he is so good and people I I love I you value love him. Haskins I you're do. a big Haskins I, guy. I value him so high yeah. because when when things start closing in on you. And you're playing some elite competition. That's when you need those slippery guys that can just like for whatever reason have that ability to weave through a defense. He has that ability, and I've seen it. it he never, you know, he doesn't let me down ever. He always plays well. But but and then Donovan Edwards, if if there's an injury to either one of those guys, I think he steps in, and maybe he's the difference maker between that's because I think states. Too deep and really, really solid. Too deep. Yeah. With Jordan yeah. Simmons as the backup, but I think Michigan is three deep right now, and and that's where I'll give the edge. So would you go head to head, Corum over Walker? 
Like, what would you do with that? Yeah, because I've been following Corum for a while. I, yeah. I, I think Corum is. I really do think he's a Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's where I think, think his exactly ceiling good. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't disagree with you. I think the depth is is undeniable for Michigan. Michigan has way more depth at the running back position, and I don't mean that as a slight. Um, but it, it, it's on paper. It's there. Like you have three guys that can that are probably NFL guys. I mean, Kenneth Walker is awesome. NFL guy, no question. But I will say, so far, Michigan State has done it against much better competition overall. Mm-hmm. So if there's an edge to say like, well, these guys are proven, and Michigan hasn't has only played Washington out of the three, I would not argue with you. I think that's a legit argument, and that's why it makes it a fun argument. Yep. So then the last one that I would ask you is wide receiver room. Um, Easy. You got the Michigan State with Jaden uh, Reed, Jalen Naylor, Trey Mosley are, are kind of their, their three guys. You got Dalen Baldwin. For Michigan, Cornelius Johnson and um, Mike Sandersill. I would Obviously say with Bell, I would say I'll, AJ Henning instead of Sandersill, and I would, would even you? put okay. yeah, and I would even put um, Roman Wilson. Roman, Roman Wilson is the four. Yeah, right now Sandersill is not seeing the field. I would say depth wise, Michigan, but right here you're you're going three against three. It seems like Michigan State. No, no. I'm. I, you well, still go Michigan? No, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, I. I think even depth. I think Michigan State has better depth too with White because uh, White, who's the dude who just burned Michigan last year, he's hardly seeing the field right now for Michigan State. They're they're deep. I'm gonna go Michigan State here all the way. Jaden Reed to me is the best wide receiver of all of them. Yeah, and I don't think it's very close. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how how things play out. Um, but for the Rut- Rutgers game, obviously this was kind of the Michigan topic, but. Um, the Rutgers games, I feel like it's the perfect stepping stone to go from Northern Illinois, <laughs> Rutgers, to Wisconsin. And I don't want to overlook them and, and say it's a trap or say it's a trap game. It's just if Michigan is what Michigan fans think they are, you go out there, you take care of business, and you do not flaunt this type of win. You go out there, you, you just you you do it. You win and, and figure it out from there. I don't know. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but finish up, put a bow on it. I'll, I'll just put it, yeah, real quick. So the game against Washington where Michigan dominated in the trenches, it was not pretty. They scored 31, and it took them a little while to get there. If they pull off that same kind of win against Rutgers, I think that's perfect. Assert your dominance. You do not need to get flashy and try to throw all these extra plays in and get your passing game going. No, no, no. You win the game, and you keep that confidence rolling into a big-time matchup. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. All right, so here we are. Oh, boy. We were going to talk some Lions here. And so the game's still going on. We got three minutes left. Lions are down 35-17. You know, there were some some promises, right? I mean, Swift just jumped over, dude. Did he really? I mean, yeah, might as well. Just late in the game. And Why finally, did he do that? Finally make him Watch his play. I just want you. Oh, he just like he was standing up straight, and he still jumped over oh him. Oh my gosh! He's got he's got hops, man. <laughs> he just whipped. Uh, but that's the best all right, thing they've done all night. That is the best thing they've done. Well, uh, not necessarily. Uh, all right. So where do you want to start with this? So here we are. We're down thirty-five, seventeen. Three minutes left in the game. They're it, not going to win. It looks ugly. Period. End of story. It looks ugly. There were times that it looked promising. Yep. So, 
I don't know where. Where do you want to start with this? I, I think I, I, okay. I got a blank sheet here, Ryan. So this is this is yours. Your thing to to go with. Usually I, I have. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, you you love this kind of I, stuff. I think football is such a game of just like key plays and key moments. And if you have a swing or a change, a shift in momentum, that is so key to anything. And what we saw in this game is exactly the the. Weakness of the Lions on both sides of, the, sides of the ball. And I want to break that down because, first of all, the Lions look good drive one, drive two, even drive three. They got their field goal. They were up 17-14 and then going into – were they up 17-14 at halftime? No, or they were down I think 21, they were down – yeah. 21-17. Yeah. Yep. So Lions have a chance to answer back after Green Bay just scores. Uh, or actually, you know, before that. Let's start off with the defense. Lions offense is is killing it. They're they're scoring. They're moving the ball down the field. Um, their big play guys are stepping up. You know, Goff throws the perfect pass uh, to the left sideline for a touchdown to Hawkinson. Great catch. Hawkinson's looked awesome tonight. Yeah, uh, yep. Swift looked good. Jamal Williams was running the ball early. So Hawkinson so far has eight receptions for sixty six yards and a touchdown. And and, and yet. What what did we see in those key moments? They got to they they got to midfield and and the the announcers were talking about this. They they started working their way back. You know, Peyton and Eli are, are saying, you know, like, oh, there's a penalty. Oh, there's a penalty. Yep, that's exactly what stops these kinds of drives. You're yep. moving the ball. You've got confidence. Was that drive momentum. three or maybe drive four? I think it was four after they already scored. Maybe it was three before or between the touchdowns. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Um, or even two then in that case. Yeah. But e- either way, those are the plays that that ruin games in yep. the, in the long run. The holding on Penny Sewell, and not to say he's had a bad game or anything, but there was a holding. I. I I we say, still haven't seen it. I say prove it. Yeah, yeah I haven't I, seen it. I didn't see the hold personally, but I mean, we'll, we don't need to get into that. But there was but, there was the the false start, and and we saw other false starts and other holds and other penalties, and those are the things that mess up drives and throw momentum momentum off, and and it, you do not throw those opportunities away against a good team like the Packers who are moving the ball at will against your defense. The next. The next key here is on the defensive side of the ball where there's another big moment, and we saw it with the third and 15, and then, and then they, they converted that, and then they go like the next set of downs later, and it's third and 13, and they convert that one. And as a defense, if you worked your butt off to get a third and eight or longer, you cannot give those up so easily time and time again because that is completely deflating to not only your defense but the entire team in that putting extra pressure on the offense. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. It was it was just time and time again in the big plays, the Lions failed. Yes. And it wasn't – I mean, I don't know what it is. There are so many things that can come into to account with that. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's making the plays. I don't know if it's just a freaking one of the best quarterbacks of all time picking you apart, knowing what you're going to do before you know what you're going to do. You know what I mean? It's – there's so many things that kind of play play into that role. I don't want to throw any in particular player under the bus. I will. Because it's just like a it seems like a group effort and the Lions depth is what's really really hurting them in my opinion. Who would you throw under the well, bus? Well, a couple of things. We're missing Okuda tonight yeah. and it's obvious. They're picking they're picking on wh- wh- who is if Jacobs or if he at the beginning and, who got hurt. Yeah. And then they've been picking uh, on AJ Price. Price. Yeah. yeah, and and uh Jerry Jacobs, uh two rookies. I mean, that's how thin we are at the position, so shame on us, I guess, and then multiple injuries. It's where it, you're at in a rebuild, right? It, it happens, yeah. Yeah. 
So they're picking on that one specific skill position, and then the other guy they're picking on is Collins, it seems like, in the middle. Who's, he looks slow. He looks slow. He just does. Yeah, and then I, I look, he was supposed to be the guy that you rely on in that, that position, linebacker, to kind of you know, teach Derek Barnes and, and kind of let him get his feet wet until you throw him to the Wolves. Right now I'm I'm sitting here watching what, what Collins is doing. I'm like, there's no way Barnes could be any worse. Give me something. I don't care. Like, if we're making rookie mistakes, I don't care. I don't want to see speed mistakes. I don't want to see you're just old and washed up mistakes. And that's what I thought I saw today. I'm not saying that's what Collins is going to be for the rest of the year. I don't want to throw him under the bus and say, He's done or anything like that or washed up, but let's see what we have in Derek Barnes. And I don't know. I don't know if it's a, a Collins or what's Anzalone um, guy Alex that's kind of like uh, making that clogging the the linebacker position for a guy like Barnes. But like, I don't remember seeing Barnes. Like, did he play? Like, I, I, I'm I'm probably turning this into a a, diff, a completely different discussion here. He, with, he was with Barnes, hurt in the but. preseason, so he hasn't had the reps. So the coaches, you know, like they want these young guys to earn it. So I get it. But you're right. We've seen Jamie Collins look slow. We've seen the linebacker group uh, fail to make plays in the running game. It seems like the safeties are the ones that come up and make plays in the running game when when a big play happens. Yeah. And then they're the ones that are getting picked on when Aaron Jones is becoming a receiver. And, yeah, he's probably the best running back in football or close to a top five probably yeah, t- top three. with moving around and, and catching the ball out of the yeah. backfield and stuff. Um, so it's it's not an easy matchup, but it just seems too predictable. It seems so predictable for Aaron Rodgers to pick on the cornerback hole when, when he needs to because he knows those guys aren't going to make plays. And then and then pick on your linebacker in the red zone and, and move your running back all over the place. It's too easy. It is very, very easy for good quarterbacks. What what are we going to do against the rest of the league? Time will tell because this is Aaron Rodgers we're playing against. And I don't want to like overreact because that's what the what is that? Maybe five percent of the league is somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. I mean, you got Brady, Rodgers, and is that it? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, besides like for like Mahomes, for maybe. tier one, yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, Mahomes, yeah. But like, you're not gonna face anybody at this caliber other than Rodgers yeah. this year. Yeah, I mean, he got them. He got them. What like doing the substitution thing multiple times? Yeah, you know, on defense. So that was. It's just a, kind of a shame. It just seems again too easy. Like um, the Lions are growing up still, and that might be from the coaching staff growing up a little bit, and it looks like it's from the players as well, and even plays like that. Yeah, like Trinity Benson. I, like, I, come, I up, think, come up with the ball. I think Fight too too easy is is the right word, because missing out or like just just barely missing plays like we saw Akuda do last week, or just being a step out of position is is another thing. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing wide open guys. We're seeing the offense control what you're doing on defense, and that's the, and I think that's really the key of of what what's wrong with the Lions is is the defense, because the defense is what's really letting them down. They let them down against San Francisco. I mean, the offense did it too with the pick six and all that. So I, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels here. Well, I, I want to break it down to why these are important, and, and we don't need to spend much more time on it, really. But Let's just get to this game. We saw it was it was seventeen to fourteen. Lions are up. They were in the drive where where the Packers scored to go up to twenty one 
17. The Packers had, uh, again, a l- multiple long third downs yeah, in the I, same I, drive. I think they came out and said that the the Packers converted on third and 14 and a third and 11. Yeah, and uh, I think it was I even longer. Correctly. I think it was 14 and 12 or something was like it? that. But either, either way, these are, these are drives where you cannot give those – Long th- and again, it was easy. So, so they're not even working that hard for these third and longs. That means that your defense, there, there are gaps, there are known holes in, in yep. your defense. But again, those are opportunities that are that are missed. Now, the Lions up until that point were winning the game. Packers in this scenario go down and they scored. They're up twenty-one seventeen. Then they score again and they're up a uh, touchdown and four points. Now the Lions come back and the pressure's on them. And, and and this all started with the Lions failing and, and moving backwards, like what we talked about with the Manny brothers. They were moving in the wrong direction. Now the pressure is so much on them because there are multiple scores behind that Jared Goff tries to force something down the field, and then there's an interception. Yeah. Then they score again, and it's easy. And now what do you have? You have 35-17. to 17. Looks like a complete blowout, but really it was, just it a, was a series two of or three two plays. or three series or plays that that were really the key which is the NFL momentum of the game and, and that is the NFL yeah that's why you need players that step up in those scenarios and not ones that are predictably going to fail you like I feel like Jared Goff is going to be the, for the majority of his career there's nothing that I saw today that concerns me about about the the development of the Detroit Lions it was exactly what we expected heading into week one and into week two, and all of that stuff. It was like, yeah, I mean, as a Lions fan, you're going to sit here and be like, you know, there, there's hope. They they could make this happen. We saw early on that they can make it happen, but it just, it just didn't click. And when you have those flags and you have those fall, like letting these guys convert on third and long multiple times, yeah, that that's when you're going to get embarrassed in a lot of ways. And I don't want to say embarrassed in, in a way that – like, I mean, in a lot of ways, this is what I expected. Yeah, 35-17 against by the this. Packers yeah. week two. Like, early it's, on in the year, we've been like, yeah, what, yeah, what would you expect? That's exactly yeah. what I was expecting. I'm not going to lose it's any sleep over score, it. score, yeah. Um, but, like, at the same time, is like you, you had that hope. You saw those flashes that was a little bit of, hey, they could. they have, So their upside can compete. Their first four drives, they had 17 points. Yeah. And they were winning the game. So that was a, so. All right, this is a question that I came up, and this is not Lions <laughs> related at all. So everybody says, "What is it like?" The first fifteen points or so are scripted. Is that what they say? Or fifteen plays? Yeah, normally. Like the first fifteen plays are scripted. Why the heck don't you go into halftime and script the next fifteen plays <laughs> coming out? Of, like nobody talks about that. I don't know if that's like a silly thing like to say, like, but like you have all this time, like it can't be that hard to just. Script plays. Like, I'm not a big fan of scripting plays. I think that's stupid. I personally. do too. I think it's dumb. Like, if the, you have to do that, that tells me your players aren't creative enough. Yeah. In my opinion. Or your coaches aren't. <laughs> yeah. That, like, grow that, up and just learn a playbook. Just? It's <laughs> yeah. not like, all right, we're going to throw a fastball the first 15 pitches. Like, what? what? That doesn't well, make any sense. And that's the perfect word, adjust. And, and it just seems like in these scenarios, the Lions are not adjusting and their competition is and maybe it was the opposite week one with the 49ers like 49ers got complacent they got the big lead Lions started coming back but I think some of those were freak you know coincidences that that happened to, to let the Lions back in the game but this week it's exactly what I expect out of the Lions you know they came out yeah. they made the plays they they had their script 
And then when things when the game went on, they ran out of the the sparkly playbook, you know, fresh new ideas and stuff. When it came down to their coaches calling plays, their players executing and adjusting on the fly, it just wasn't there. And, and I don't know what that is. I think it might be a lack of like it seems like a running game comes gets out to a great start every single or every single game, both games so far this year, and then in the second half they're non-existent because they feel like they have to start throwing the ball and and they. How, how did the running game look? What, what did you think about the running game? I thought they looked explosive again. They they were doing their job. Williams was making plays. They were they were getting down the field. DeAndre Swift looked good even in garbage who, time. Who do DeAndre you think Swift. was the leading rusher in this game? I would, I would say Jared Goff, just based on <laughs> that based question. on my question. <laughs> yeah, so Jared Goff <laughs> was the leading rusher. He had four rushes for forty six yards. Swift eight rushes. Jamal Williams seven rushes. That game didn't get out of hand early enough to only have that amount of rushes. Yeah. Is that a question of of the play calling, or is that just? feeling out the game because look I don't I, I don't want to say that the play calling was terrible because I mean Goff did go 29 of 36 or 26 of 36 that's not terrible so it's not like he was they were throwing the ball when they shouldn't have how many right? receptions how many receptions did Swift and Williams have all right so uh Swift had four receptions Williams had three so Swift had 41 yards receiving and uh Williams had 12 so it was I don't know. But Hawkinson, here we go again, uh, with eight receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. I'm curious what the over-under was on that. It, the wide receivers just are not involved in this offense. We have Quintus, C- so Quintus Cephas, Cephas was the first drive, yes. What did he have? He had four two, catches. T- two, t- two catches for, what, 55 yards, I think, on the first drive? And then he had two catches for eight yards the second? Yeah. Or, uh, Rest since? of the game. That's disappointing. Trinity um, Benson, only one catch, 24 uh, yards. Man. Khalif Raymond, two catches, 18. Amon St. Brown, three catches, 18. I, Is that the key to this offense? Is it, getting if, – if you can get a threat at wide receiver and, – and if you can get a threat at wide receiver, does, this, does that make this offense actually – Somewhat legit, like maybe top twenty. No, because I top think 25? Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff knows when he's checking down. Let's let's talk a little bit about Goff. What what did you think about this game for him? I thought I thought they had some scripted plays down the field, which was good just to show it. He wasn't that great at it. <laughs> even I his, thought that his one his throw was great. Even his downfield throws are like, yeah, I don't want anybody to catch this. Yeah, it's just to show that I. Can throw it this far. Yeah, and, and the right? touchdown. The touchdown was a perfect throw. I'll give it was. Him that. that was a great throw. It was, it was also it was, scripted. It was also scripted because that is what you're supposed to do. Because because that's what you're supposed to do in the red zone. You make it so you don't throw an interception. So he is like by the book. No creativity. Throw it to the corner. And and I'm not gonna. Again, it was a great throw, and it was the right throw. He did his job. It was a great, a great throw. He does not yeah. play off script. If he plays off script, it's part of the script. What does he do? He checks down, which is on script. How many, how many times did we say he looks one, and then he's his check down? He's just sitting and waiting for his check down to get open, and then he throws you his check down. And it is, it, it is. He's it's check down central. That and, is all it is. And and let's not re, let's not forget the fourth and one 
where lines were in the red zone. They were threatening, and we all wanted them to go for it, fourth and one, even though, Sam, you wanted them to kick it. I would have been okay down, with the kick. Yeah, I would have yeah. been okay I would have been okay with with either way, honestly. But, but they were trying to win the game. So they were down 21-17. They decided to go for it, and they uh, golfed through it to the left side, went to Quintess Cephas Quintess again, C- yep. and they, he was guarded very well. He, I mean, the, the cornerback was all over him. And who was wide open over the middle? It was Amon Ra St. Brown, who went in a little bit, gave a little nudge. And did the jump afterwards. Like, yeah, like, give me the, me the ball. Like, But Goff, what he is, what he's here for is, I'm doing my job. My job is to look this way. I'm not looking anywhere else. That is way different than we're used to. I don't want to get into the, the who, who our former quarterback was. I'm not even going to say his name. But that is a massive step down from what we saw. And look, there were people that were saying Goff was better than the other guy's name. There were people that said that early on in, in Goff's career. And what you see with Goff is it is night and day. He is the checkdown king. He he is the ultimate game manager. He makes Alex Smith look like a really good quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> like he makes Alex Smith look like aggressive <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah you know what <laughs> if you're gonna check down as much as he does then at least play football like alex smith where it's part of the offense like yeah. don't even pretend just make it your offense yeah be run the san francisco offense run the run the old kansas city chief offense like just check it down all the time with crazy movement all over the field so that you <laughs> well, get you guys open. That. We're not seeing that. No, we're not. Yeah. We're not seeing the we'll see. super creativeness. We'll see what what happens as the season goes on, but I mean, man, this offense is I don't want to say awful because I am still hopeful about the running game. And and the offensive line really did protect they're, Goff as well. Doing a good job in Hawkinson's without well. your your main left tackle. <laughs> yeah. The offensive line is doing their job. Yeah. Uh, but, man, I I hope this is eye-opening to Lions fans that thought Stafford, I'm going to say his name now, was not good enough. Because you're seeing a guy that is, tr- he is nowhere near the level of what Stafford is. Yeah, I'm a Stafford guy. I'm gonna obviously I'm I'm kind of happy about this. But at the same time, it's like I want to see Goff succeed. This is night and day. You're seeing the difference between a tier two quarterback and a tier four quarterback. And that is a very, very massive gap. That's a bigger gap than tier one and tier two, in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah. I know that, that doesn't sound like a lot because obviously you're going from tier two to tier three to tier four. But like it, it is a big, big difference. And I don't want to get into like saying Stafford would have won this game or beat the 49ers. That's not the point. The point is, is this offense is not doing anything under Goff. Long term, there there's no real big upside. And and you know we probably have a comment on there saying like, oh well, you guys you know were excited about this trade and you were guys were talking about Goff potentially being. You know, something long-term for your team. And wait, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. We can still be excited about what, the tr- what you know, the trade that actually happened. Goff was the throw-in. <laughs> Goff, was the th- Goff was the reason the whole thing happened because of the, the salary. Yeah. Right? So we, we took the salary back in return. And 
I do not regret any any part of that deal because the, what we did was now tell this Lions team we're in rebuild mode. Yep. We're going to get the assets. We're valuing that, you know, those assets because we're we're more than one piece away. We're more than two pieces away. We're a lot of pieces away. Yep. So I don't even want to bring a rookie quarterback in. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want Justin Fields to be in this offense. I wouldn't want him to be in this team right now because they're not ready for him yet. Same it, thing with Tua. Same thing with Zach Wilson. Same thing with Justin Herbert. Yes, I really it like. It, Talking big picture well, with where Herbert, the Lions Herbert's are. debatable, but yeah. I'm not, I, I mean, I think he's getting exposed a little bit here in the sophomore slump. We don't need to get into that. But here we are. Like, this is exactly where we want to be. We have a quarterback that's not going to go out there and win us games that we shouldn't win. He's not going to light the world on fire and, and simply win us games and hurt our draft stock. Look, we're not going to get a quarterback with our Rams pick. In the next two years. We're not going to. Period. End of story. We're not going to get our quarterback of the future in either of those picks. We're going to get it with the Lions pick. We're going to get it with the Lions pick. And that's the key. And what we're going to get with the Rams pick that we got from this trade is a true blue piece that we're missing. I don't know what position is that. I don't know anything. Like, we'll see how they build this thing. But it is not about getting the quarterback from this trade. The trade was not getting our quarterback of the future. That's not what this trade was about. Our trade was about getting pieces to build. And what we still have is that opportunity. Who knows where it lays? Who knows who we pick? Who knows what positions it's at? But if we can be as bad as we are, which we all know we're bad, we're not deep enough to be successful in this league, we're not talented enough to be successful in this league, we're going to have a top five pick. You might get your quarterback this year. You might get him next year. I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. Depends how much you like Spencer Rattler. <laughs> Not a big fan right now. I, me either. <laughs> Not a big start, fan of any of these quarterbacks being right now. Too late, a little bit better. It, it it changes very quickly. It does. And I don't know. I I like where we're at as much as I hate where we're at. You know what I mean? If the, that's fair to say. It's it's what we expected. It is. Are you good with Lions talk? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. I, I mean, I, I don't have a sheet to n- tell me that I'm done with Lions talk, so. I don't, I don't know what else to go with. Well, Detroit started 0-2 for the second consecutive season. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. So we're going to get into our betting hero topic, which of course is our picks. Wow. Betting here, I, that was probably one of the smoothest transi- transitions that I've yeah, ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That you was great. That? Yeah, I really liked it. I had to like talk about it. There's only two of us. Really good. good job, man. The other guys would be proud, too, I think. I'm going to re-listen to that just for the <laughs> transition. Right. So bettinghero.com, go to their website, you type in promo code state of my sport, or MIBets. <laughs> no idea what I was going with. <laughs> I was not a yes. Promo code MIBets, and you'll get tons of promos available on all the sporting betting Sports betting apps. Sign up. We'll get a nice little kickback. You'll get a great deal. It'll be awesome. Everybody will be happy. Go support us, guys. Other than myself because my picks are awful. So here we are. So all right. So this was before the Lions pick was in. I will we'll adjust the standings overall after after that comes in. I don't know who took the Lions, who took the Packers. I know I took the Packers. Um, I don't know if anybody else did or not. But um, Kyle, he went two and four for a twelve and six overall record. Micah, 
Micah went three and three, eleven and seven overall. Ryan two and four for ten and eight overall. John four and two, nice week for him. Little comeback. Nine and nine. Me. Wow. Ah, one, one and five, five for a four and fourteen overall record. This is just not looking good for You're me. You're struggling right I'm now. I'm really struggling. John did not get his picks in this week, so we're gonna skip over him. We're just gonna give him kind of the 50-50 draw, Ooh. I guess. At the, at the end, of it. should we just give him over? I think he over? deserves an offer, but right, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, talk. we'll talk about it off here. Um, but anyways, um, we're going to start with our first game is the Panthers at the Texans. That's Thursday Night Football. Texans are plus 7.5. Uh, Micah's going Panthers. Kyle's going Panthers. Ryan, what are you going to do here? You know what? Panthers are coming off a really, really good win. But, man, this Texans team is getting sneaky right now. I think um, Tyrod Taylor is their quarterback. He's out, though. Oh, he is? He's hurt. Uh, Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, right. thank you for that bit of knowledge. I shouldn't have gave that to you. Even though, I mean, Thursday Night Football means close game, and the underdog usually covers, usually. But, um, yeah. I'm not losing ground over that one. Yeah, I, I'm going Panthers. I mean. I talked <laughs> you into it. It's going to be an eight-point game. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's got to like, be. Feels like one of those. It's got to be. Um, we'll move down to the Buccaneers at the Rams. That is a pick em, which means no spread. You pick the winner. Wow. Mike is going Bucks. Kyle's going Bucks. Ryan, who are you going with on this one? Oh, my gosh. What a perfect pick em, too, because with Matthew Stafford, the way this Rams team look, yeah, they had to come back, but I'm I'm going to go Buccaneers. Oh, you know what? I don't know what. I think I'm going Rams. I really? I just changed my mind mid pick. Yeah, I think I think Stafford's gonna do something at home that's just special, and to get that city to fall in love with him. I agree. I'm right there with you. This game, he knows that this is the hot, this is the one that everybody's looking at, and this is his chance to just be like, we're the real deal. It's not just talk. It's not just like it, 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 he's ready to shine here. Yep. Look. It's weird picking against Brady in a pick'em. That's really silly of me. But I'm going Rams as well. It makes sense. Yeah. It just seems like the stars are aligning for a guy like that. Buccaneers last year, remember, leading into the playoffs, they were either all or nothing. Like, they, they can just throw. It, it's the regular season. They don't care that much. Yep. So we're moving down to uh, the Lions game. You got the Ravens at the Lions. Last I saw was plus nine. We'll see where it comes in. This might be off right now. Um, but Mike is going Ravens. Kyle's going Ravens. Ryan. Ravens. Yeah? Ravens. Plus nine? Ravens. Do it. Should I go Lions again? <laughs> Do you want to go over? I went five? Packers last time. Oh, you did? I did. Oh. I don't know, man. I'm going to go Lions. Yeah, I might as well. I'm going Lions to cover the nine points. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be like the 49ers cover. Not that they covered in our picks, but they covered in like closing odds. So that's that's where I'm going with. Um, I don't know. I just they're gonna have a nice little bounce back, and I don't think the Ravens are that good. I really don't. You say that every year. They just beat the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson's better than you think he is. He's not though. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, he Let's is. Keep talking about that. He's not. Oh, that was him. What? Yeah. The sound is. We got the other song going. This is one of the shortest episodes of all time. Yeah. Are you trying to extend it? No. Yeah, let's get this thing over with. All right. 
So we're moving to some college football. Can you turn it down just a tad? I, I turned it down earlier, too. I think that's good right there. Perfect. Love it. You did a great job, Ryan. Thank you. Well done. I got a round Wish of I had applause. The um, all right. So number 12, Notre Dame versus number 18, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's minus five and a half, and this is at Soldier Field. So this is this – is, what, what do you call it? Weird thing about this game. Yeah, go ahead. Is it opened at even? Even pick them. Did it really? And then the money just – Flew in with Wisconsin to move the the spread to minus five and a half. Wow. So where are you kind of leaning? So Mike is taking Notre Dame. Kyle's taking Wisconsin. That's a 50-50 draw there. I don't know where to go with this. Like honestly, I don't think I think both teams are frauds when it comes to national contenders. But in this type of game. I don't know where to go. Yeah, I have no idea where yeah. to go. No, that's that's a good point because they're probably both top twenty, even top you know top twenty five, probably top twenty, but they're not elite. They're I not. would say between fifteen and twenty five. Yeah, probably is right where I'd put all both those teams. I'm going Notre Dame. I, I I got this weird suspicion this year that Wisconsin's not as good as we expect them to be. So I'm going Notre Dame. I'm right there with you. I, I'll take the points in this type of game. I think it's going to be very very close. There's no reason either of these teams should blow out the other. So if you can get more than a field goal for a team, take that. I'm taking I'm taking Notre Dame plus five and a half. It, it makes the most sense. Uh, move down to another top 25 matchup. Texas A&M is at Arkansas. You got Micah and Kyle both going A&M. Look, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about either of these teams other than the fact I think they're both overrated. I don't I don't see either of these teams being that great. I think Arkansas has played pretty well so far. I'm going to go out Arkansas. Yeah? So you're going to take Arkansas plus six at home. Yeah. So for me, like, for someone that doesn't, you know, break down the film of, of these type of teams and I don't spend a whole lot of my time, I would have gone Texas A&M because that just, they're the better team. That should happen. They should cover, you know, a touchdown? I'm going to go Arkansas, though. Yeah, you already said that. Oh, okay. I'm going to go... <laughs> I was trying to mess with your pick. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confident with what I was saying. <laughs> I'm going to go with Texas A&M. Oh, I'm going to Arkansas because of the mountain biking scene in Arkansas. It's really <laughs> oh, good. you just love the, the mountain biking Man, I'm totally scene. into it. Well, that brings us to our sporty party pick of the week. What we have is Michigan State is hosting Nebraska. I will be there, by the way. I'm very excited. This is going to be my first uh, Lansing Sparty game. That's awesome. I think I went to a Michigan-Michigan State game once. I don't remember for sure. Um, Yeah. Did you see that catch? No, I didn't. He just barehanded it in foul territory. It was awesome. Who was it? Uh, Right fielder. I don't know. S something. Saw this S A. So I figured <laughs> it's on the Marlins. Uh, Nobody knows. <laughs> Anyways, the Sparty Party Pick of the Week is brought to you by Big Lake Brewing in their New England IPA with Mandarina, Bavarian, Bavaria, and Amarillo hops. It's seven point seven percent alcohol by volume and fifty three IBUs. Sparty Party. As we get closer and closer to the the game, Michigan, Michigan State, it's looking good. 
a Sparty Party and Haze and Blue is their way to go right here. This is going to be a good year for both schools. This is going to be a good year for Big Lake. Sparty Party pick of the week. You got Sparty. They are minus five hosting Nebraska, who showed pretty well against Oklahoma. Uh, Micah's taking MSU. Kyle's taking MSU. Ryan, minus five. Are you taking MSU? I'm taking MSU. They just look so good right now. They're so balanced. We've gone through, you know, the weapons they have, the the difference makers they have, offense, defense, wide receiver, running back, quarterback. Again, they're solid. I I expect them to make a statement this this week. All eyes are going to be on them. This is a big game for them. I'm taking yeah, Sparty. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I mean, it, MSU, it, it's not necessarily about MSU. Obviously, what we've talked about earlier on the episode, MSU's looking great. Nebraska played way above their heads against Oklahoma. They are drained. This could be absolutely embarrassing for a team like Nebraska against MSU. MSU's ready to pounce. MSU's ready to say, you look good against a good team. We're going to show that we're better than that other team. You know what I'm saying? I'll also say that Oklahoma has not looked good against any team so far. I agree with that. So Nebraska's going to have all this confidence because they just played against this team that is supposed to be elite, but they're not not clicking on all cylinders. And then they're going to go against Michigan State, who is firing on all cylinders, and they're not going to know what to do. So the Hazen Blue pick of the week is the Crushable New England IPA, obviously from Big Lake Brewing. Uh, It is featuring Citra and Mosaic hops. Uh, and brewed with real blueberries, 5.5% off alcohol volume, 20 IBUs. I've noticed that the, the Hazen Blue has less alcohol. I don't know if there's a reason for that. Do you think there's a reason? That, that? can't be right, right? They should have evened it out. I yeah. feel like they're giving uh, Michigan fans a little, little... I love the contrast of those two beers, too. The beers are unbelievable. They're so good. So good. They couldn't have picked better beers for this, this rivalry. It is awesome, and I can, I hope both of them going undefeated, and we're just sitting there being like, "Look at us! We got we yeah. got big like brewing and the hazel blue hazel with blue. this party party! Like, party. Uh, let's get this going." Anyways, we got Michigan. They are hosting Rutgers, which I mean, some people say it's a big game. Some people might not. But anyways, the spread came out at minus nineteen. That is a lot of points in a Big Ten game. Micah took Rutgers. Kyle took Michigan. Wow. I'm glad you're next, Ryan, because I don't know where I'm going yet. I do. I'm going Michigan. Minus 19? Minus 19. I think I I really just think this game is going to get away from Rutgers. Michigan is going to assert their dominance. They're going to run all over them with a couple of big passing plays, and this game's going to get out of control. You know, I, I am going to roll with you and Kyle on this. Not necessarily because of it, it's just Michigan has a good thing going, and I don't think they're going to blow it on a guy, a team like Rutgers. Yeah. I think they're well coached. I think, look, I don't want to get into the horrible argument. I think he's put the right guys around him, around this team to kind of like similar to Mel Tucker, and be like, hey, I'm going to put trust in you guys. Tucker, I mean, <laughs> not Tucker. Uh, Gaddis aside, like I mean, there's obviously questions of what the offense is going to be. You're not going to need it, or or who's even playing. Uh, you calling the plays right now? You need to go in and establish yourself. Yeah, people can look at this game as a trap game. People could look at this game as a stepping stone. Throw that out the window. 
If you are the Michigan that we think you are, you go out there and you dominate this game. And whether it's a cheap eight, what was the spread? 19 19. points? Or easy 19 points, you go out and you cover this spread. That's where I'm at. I think Michigan covers it. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's not as easy as it sounds. Way more points than I thought that it should have been. Um, But I'm going to take Michigan. And for all Michigan fans, they should be terrified because I am, what, <laughs> 4 and 14 in my picks? So they're probably going to cover by 18 or something. You're going <laughs> to yeah. lose? Probably. But anyways, those are the picks of the week. But before we move on to our beer grades, um, we, we mentioned Big Lake Brewing. It, it is looking to get some of the biggest Michigan and Michigan State fans on the cans of their official beers of college football season, Sparty Party and Hazen Blue, all you have to do is get decked out in your maize and blue or green and white, snap a pic, and submit your wildest fan photo through their contest platform. It's on their Instagram. It's on their website. It's on their Facebook. All that gets, is Actually, you could even scroll down into our Facebook page, and it'll be on there. The link will. Um, one winner for Sparty Party and one winner for Hazen Blue will be selected by popular vote. So share your submission with everyone you know to increase your chances of winning. They have on their... In- yeah, I already... I, I don't know why I even write this stuff down. When I already- on their Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, Ryan. Got we it. We were not ready for that. So you, you did a great it's pretty, job. Pretty cool. It is time Cue to it. rate our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer. They have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. They also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. So before we get into our grade from our Arvon beer, um, we did have a listener chime in and they said they were drinking uh, from someplace called Big Lake Brewing. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Who's that? Um, a Hazened Blue. Huh. I should really look into that one. <laughs> Sounds really, really good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Carrie, she gave it an 8.1 grade. So nice. That's a good grade. Yeah, for that's sure. That's a great beer. It's so good. I, I love it. But Perfect for what fall. Are we dr- what are we drinking today, Ryan? We are drinking um, <laughs> one of the most unique <laughs> beers, if you can even call it a beer, but one of the most unique beers there really is uh, Chocolate Dip is what it's called from Arvon Brewing Company. Again, 5.0%. The only ingredients in this thing, it is with, uh, it's a sour made with raspberries, chocolate, and lactose. That's it. And if you it, look at the, if it, you look at the color, like look at that. It, it is so tastes like there's so much more in that. Thick. It right? is. I had to chew it, half of it. I, I mean, <laughs> it's but, so but good not in a bad though. way. No, no, no. I don't mean that in a bad no, way. No, in the best way possible. Like, look, guys, we know we we talk about Arvon quite a bit. If you have not tried out Arvon, 
Brewing Company and their sours that they have. And, and we're not even going to bring up their amazing IPAs. Their and, IPAs and, are unbelievable. They're they've so won, good. They've won awards for their IPAs. In fact, I just brought a bunch of IPAs fishing, and guys, they, they just loved it. They were raving about it the whole time. Oh, that's awesome. And they were just like, they you cannot get better than you know than this, just like local Grand Rapids IPAs. Um, but their sours are so unique, and they're so you're not going to get this kind of beer anywhere else. So I, I highly recommend it. Can I just give this thing a grade at this point? Yeah, yeah. I'm re- I'm ready when you are. This is one of the hardest things to to grade because I I love it. For the it. record, I wrote my score down. So Oh, you did? Yeah. 8-6. So, that's a nice score. That's high. I know it's high and, and I'm not grading this as a beer. I'm dr- I'm grading this as just something to drink. Yeah, I'm dr- I'm I'm grading this as like a hard smoothie. Like if you're gonna order a hard smoothie and you get this, you're gonna be so satisfied with it. And I'm not saying it's going to be an IPA or or a, a, you know a blonde ale or anything like that. Like it's not that. It no. is flavor forward is what they preach, and that's what this is. It is all flavor and and unique. It's it's crazy. Yeah. No, I I actually went with an eight four. Um, I I don't disagree with anything you said. I think you nailed it. Uh, with the flavor forward, and and I didn't even know what fruit it was at first sips. You said it was raspberry, right? So raspberry and chocolate. and chocolate. Who would have thought raspberry and chocolate went that good together, especially in a drink? And they've done it. Amu- like everybody thinks, oh yeah, chocolate dipped strawberries, right? That, yeah. that that's kind of the thing. Has anybody ever done like a chocolate dipped raspberry? Raspberries? Because anybody? That tastes really good. That might be a what's the what's the word like? Endorphin is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. Like when it comes to like a, a an inappropriate type talking. Oh, like aphrodisiac. Yes, that is, yeah. Because isn't that what chocolate dip chocolate dipped strawberries? Are oh, I don't know. To be? I thought that was like weird fish, like uh, um, oysters and stuff like that. Aphrodisiac. Oh, what is the what sensual or like what's the word that? <laughs> Yeah, is that the right word? I don't know where you're going with that. No, but like you know how like you're supposed yeah. to be like chocolate dip. Uh, they're supposed to be like romantic, like chocolate dip strawberries. Yeah, you right? could say that's romantic because that's like a gift you'd give. Like aphrodisiac is like it actually, like chemically, it kind of like turns you on. Oh of. really? Yeah, like it can change the uh, the mood. Okay, I, I just quickly. figured strawberries and chocolate was that, but I, I guess it's different. It's, I think it's different. Yeah. Okay, but anyways, <laughs> for the people that like that like the chocolate dip. Strawberries and are all on board for that. Like, try it, try it with raspberries because those go well together. <laughs> where am I going? I don't know. This is where Ryan's like, just cut it's it, dude. Afro just, something. Just <laughs> not aphrodisiac. Sam, just just cut your losses, man. <laughs> just get over it. Afrocentral. <laughs> and this is what happens when you drink on Monday Night Football yeah. and try to record a <laughs> podcast. Oh, 8. man. 8.4, though. 8. That's 8. not bad. Average? No. 8.5. I can do that. I can do that, man. You got it. I can do that math. Uh, but anyways, that was episode 123. That was fun. I, I'm really glad we did it tonight. We got it over with, which is fun. We got the raw emotions of the Lions, all that good stuff. But Losing. thank you for recording with me. Yeah, you bet. Thank you guys for watching, listening, all that good stuff. Talk to you next week. You've been game. listening Peace to out. State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers, to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer.
We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.